on this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we've got Santa Porn. We talk about the newest metal band, Anti Claus. When mixing your holiday cocktails this year, be sure that you can taste the pagan. And we give you the hottest take on the latest news story. Will the supply chain problems affect Amulet Prime? Let's do this. This week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Chili Liz. <laughs> Chili Liz. And this week we're going to talk about season three, episode eight of Supernatural, a very supernatural Christmas. Ching, 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 ching. There we go. That was my holiday spirit. Yay. I'm in a holiday sweater. I will tell you that. You so, are. I mean, it's a holiday sweater with a demon and a cat on it, but it's still a holiday sweater. It is. It is. Whereas, whereas I go get fancy holiday nails done because that's what I do. Did so. you do your nails yet? That's not yet. Oh, yeah. So those are, red those glitter, are green glitter and black with uh, crystal, crystal snowflakes. Boom. So there we go. You're balling. That, that is definitely some baller deals. So, so Fancy. what's up with you? What's up with um, you? I spent my weekend mostly baking because um, <clears throat> a fact about me, I don't do a lot of baking throughout the year. Once or twice, I'll get like a wild hair and I make some cookies. But Christmas, I turn into a crazy person and I make a gazillion cookies and I give them to my um, some of our local friends and uh, coworkers and things like that. That's what I, that's my gifting thing that I do. And I don't know why I can't help myself, but I do this every year and I make myself crazy. But I, so I spent literally all day Saturday baking all day. Yeah. So uh, tell, tell our, our listeners, all two of them, um, how many different types of cookies you made on Saturday? So Saturday I made uh, peppermint bark, pecan dreams, which is a family recipe we've made every year since 1937. I made uh, brown butter chocolate chip cookies. I made um, uh, red velvet cake cookies and um, which I will turn into I haven't yet I've got to ice them and turn them into sandwiches with cream cheese icing that's that's, that's a step I haven't nom, done nom, yet nom. Mm-hmm. and then I made uh sugar cookies from scratch too and uh some of those I put the cinnamon uh, candies on those so and then I still need to I've already made the filling but I've got to put together my oreo balls they need I gotta roll my balls and dip them in chocolate no, everyone leaves some chocolate balls. And how many steps did you take in the kitchen on Saturday? Uh, I was at 9,700 steps on in the kitchen. I had to change running. I was wearing running shoes. So my feet and back wouldn't hurt. I had to change running shoes at one point in the day because I do have more than one pair of athletic shoes uh, <laughs> because my feet and back started hurting because I spent so much time on my feet. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to emphasize crazy woman, crazy woman. 
But in fun also, side, she has a spreadsheet. She also has a spreadsheet with all the <laughs> shit in there and tells it like when all the things have to go in. Uh, and she loves making that spreadsheet. She fucking loves it. There's a lot of lists, checklists involved. Yeah. Um, and then, but we also had some fun this weekend. We went to a really fun uh, Argentinian steakhouse uh, with a friend on Friday night and went to this beautiful bar afterwards, um, all in Bishop Arts District. Um, chimichurri is the name of the Argentinian steakhouse, you know, appropriately. And then, uh, and then that inspired. So we're having, anyways, I made chimichurri at the house now. Cause I'm like, Oh, I need some fucking chimichurri now. And then now um, I'm going to have to make it too, because now I'm just like, damn, this is delicious. I know. So, uh, and then, um, I also got that had a chance to go to a little late afternoon girls brunch on Sunday. And, uh, we popped into one of the super Christmassy pop-ups, um, in um in bishop arts as well in oak cliff in dallas and uh it's called like what tipsy elf yeah that's what it is and it's just like christmas in your motherfucking face all over it's nice really fun. i appreciate that yeah so yeah what are you up to you've been having fun uh i am bundled up in an airbnb in brooklyn um i flew in thursday uh thursday was not a ton of stuff because it's very tired i had no sleep and so a friend of mine got together and i just hung out at her place and then we went and got tacos and then there was an there was bingo there that night and it was just being hosted by this woman who i'm pretty sure had a failed improv career and the only thing she could do now was like bingo and there was like five people playing and we played like the first round and i'm like look i don't have a dauber or a troll so this is just stupid and you know they were playing yeah. for like shots and like you know what i don't want right now while i'm shots. fucking exhausted <laughs> are shots so but the but the tacos were good and we had uh this is my friend who i made the muppet of and the muppet came uh, to get tacos with us so she she had a good time um then Friday, we went to the Museum of Moving Image in Queens, and I got to see the Muppet exhibit, which is the Jim Henson exhibit that's on permanent, this permanent exhibit there. It's so good. Uh, they're so like, oh, there's there was a decided lack of monsters. I will complain about that. There were only a couple of Muppet monsters there, but just they also had a special Dark Crystal exhibit, so they had like the amazing pieces from there, like, oh my god, the costumes that these puppets were in, like how to have mm. taken somebody like a year to make the amount of mixed materials and everything all the detail and it was so good there was also some chick who kept crying and we're just like she's like i'm sorry i'm like just this is like such a moment like don't give a fuck man like yes the gufflings are great like i just need to get a picture of this can you like stop taking all your selfies in front of it um but and they also had a grinch exhibit which comes up in this. so um they had a bunch of all the like original cells that chuck jones did and they're fucking amazing that they were like wash on acrylic and so the colors were just like so like so popping out and yeah. we just wanted like i couldn't figure out that green though because of the green that he used with the grinch it was so consistent across all of them and i was like how did he keep that color so consistent did he have a formula i must know but so that was great then what did we do saturday oh saturday we went to uh, a fancy dinner at the strip house because it's like a bordello meat steak which had you know it was like yeah you had us at poor house yeah. um they gave us the worst table in the house, which they told us like after they sat and they're like, oh, we're going to move this a little bit. This is the worst table in the house. I'm like, you just died fuckers like you know, whatever, but 
the food was good. And then we went to fancy burlesque at Dwayne Park. And there are lots of aerialists, which made me happy. Uh, there was a contortionist who was just a like badass. Uh, we also figured out that apparently the uh, going out look um, right now, if you're a super urban lady, is pleather leggings and Muppet jackets. So all the Muppets in the Jim Henson's exhibit were apparently like someone broke in the middle of the night and made a bunch of coats out of them. And so all you, the women so you in just, New York you just, mean, you just mean floofy faux fur jackets. Yes. With- yes. <laughs> Although I was like, I really oh, wish oh, I had oh, googly no, eyes. And you're, like, and you're like, and you're like, oh, I bet Diana owns this outfit. And I probably do. You probably do. And I probably do too. Like, it's not wrong. I mean, it's today fun. I was the one who I got scared by the noise my pleather leggings were making in the apartment. Cause I was like, I just kept hearing the squishing and I was like, who the fuck is like, where is this? Is there someone in the bathroom? And then I was like, Oh, it's your thighs rubbing together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um you did that saturday night was great um then sunday had uh, Ooh, sunday was a marathon mar- i had a marathon day went and met uh, one of my old girlfriends for brunch and we had mexican we got, went and got some mexican breakfast it was great then we're like oh let's go to mcsorley's ale house so they went to mcsorley's ale house and had a bunch of ales there then we went to bowery electric for uh vinny stigma's birthday um mm-hmm. So it was New York hardcore bands. Um, so lots of olds. Oh, so many olds and so many olds with babies. Like, but there is this cute, like this cute little, like little girlfriends that were like, and I asked like they're one of the dads was like, are these twins? Cause they were standing on the back and they were, uh, they were standing, sitting on the back of two guys' shoulders, holding hands mm-hmm. while the bands were playing. It was the most adorable fucking thing ever. And then this other guy had like a super baby in the bar, but she like, she had her headphones on and she was sitting on her dad's shoulders and she was rocking out to everything. It was, yeah, my friend Frank DJ and I hung out with them, um, got hit by a door like a thousand times was standing in the dj booth um there was cake um yeah and then we went to pianos to go see hub city stompers which is a new york ska band uh, yeah. who i really like and we had a good time there then we went to <laughs> oh we, there's there's more and then we went to double down and oh, right. um yeah so but then i left after like i think a beer there although someone bought me a shot and i was like god damn it it wasn't even ass juice I was just, say, like, was, just that was my up. first question was was it ass juice because it was the double down saloon in both they have a location in las vegas and they have like location in new york which i didn't realize but okay and their shot like their their shot special is ass juice and it's a fucking disgusting shot well it's cheap it's also christmas and so uh, right now they have one they have ass knock so you can get ass knock if you would like um but that sounds so I know, gross. but that is one of my old New York hangouts that I'm, I'm glad is still there. So got to do that. Uh, then yesterday, like just worked and then went to a friend's apartment in the city for a vegan dinner. Uh, you can, he's my friend is a vegan chef. You can find him at talk your own salad, um, which is, he has a really great cookbook out. Um, <laughs> vegan food can be good. It can be, but not when mm-hmm. you're really hungover and want to die. And all you want is a fucking cheeseburger. And you're just like, this is, <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah. Like it, it was, I was like, oh, tofu. I mean, I, I like tofu. I ordered tofu today with my ramen, but it was yeah. just like, I'm hungover and I need like some grease and some. I've had a very oh. long day. Yeah. Uh, 
that's it. Oh. And then today I've just hung out, um, kind of tutored around the neighborhood because it was cold, but not that cold. Uh, got, found a, a cute little bookstore, bought a book and, uh, met my bodega cat who I'm going to steal. She's right next door to me. She's a little black kitty. And then also, uh, when I went to the liquor store to buy, which is segue into what are we drinking? When I went to the liquor store to buy rum for the eggnog that I'm drinking, um, I did discover that that liquor store has a bowl full of dog treats. So people bring in their dogs to the liquor store and That's it is exciting. a magical, magical thing, especially because you know what it is? It's cold. So what does that mean? Dogs in sweaters, dogs in sweatshirts, dogs in vests. Oh, I love them so much as they just like prance around. And as Dog much as clothes. I fucking hate, and as much as I hate that it's going to snow tomorrow, I'm crossing my fingers. I get to see dog boots because there's nothing I love more than watching a dog try and walk down the street in fucking yeah. dog boots. They're very awkward. Very awkward. So awkward. Yeah, the dog in the liquor, one of the dogs in the liquor store had a sweatshirt on that I'm pretty sure was a people sweatshirt. That happens. I've put a people sweatshirt on yeah. my dogs before. I, I don't know. It just made it better. I was just Mark, like, this will be I cute. Was- he looks cold. I may have been <laughs> <laughs> just like, I'm not cold. Go away, woman. I'm not your child. So Ash just, stands there. Oh. Ash just stands there. He lets me do whatever. He just stands there and looks at me like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then the last thing I'll do tomorrow is uh, now that Broadway's back open, uh, trying to support the arts and go see Moulin Rouge if the weather doesn't turn shitty or work doesn't fuck me over. So fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And so what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking uh, Japanese whiskey and sugar-free ginger ale. Oh, that sounds delightful and fancy. You're a fancy bitch today, Diana. Yeah. But it wasn't I mean, for wine. And I, yeah. I forgot I bought sugar-free. I, I like that I mean, my eggnog has a cow on it and it's mm. a really cute cow. So that's it that. does have a cute cow. And, and it's no, no hormones added and no antibiotics. So I'm glad there's no antibiotics in my eggnog. That, <laughs> Me too. That makes, it's not very clear that that's not any hormones given to the cows or cows the- or, yeah, <laughs> no, it pretty much looks like this eggnog <laughs> does not have hormones or, or antibiotics in it. Um, but you know, so like noted maybe that farmland, some- farmland brand egg, eggnog has a really cute cow on it and very questionable labeling. Yeah, I'll take a picture <laughs> and send it to you. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's my that's my cocktail for the evening since I thought it sounded good. No, it's that sound that sounds amazing and just like very like a lovely thing to sip on. It is, it is, it's quite lovely. It's Nika whiskey from Japan. Delightful. So are we ready? Let's talk about a Christmas Christmas. Yes. So I love holidays. I love Christmas and I'm excited about all Christmas things. And there we go. So, yeah. Uh, so here we go. And I love Krampus. So I'm very excited about all Krampus things. So this is, the, this is an episode for both of us. She it gets is. Christmas and I get Krampus. Okay. Here we go. So this uh, was season three, episode eight. It originally aired December 13th, 2007. So it's moving ahead of us a little bit. We're going to catch back up. Yeah. Uh, this was directed by Jay Miller Tobin. Uh, this was his second episode so far. The first one we saw him in was when he directed Born Under a Bad Side in season two. Mm-hmm. And this one is being written by Jeremy Carver, who we have talked about before. So that is our intro to this. And we're ready to go to a Norman Rockwell Christmas in Seattle. 
Yes. One year ago at Christmas Eve, grandpa shows up and is greeted by young Stevie and grandpa. Um, and, and, and Stevie goes to bed. Grandpa's dressing up like Santa and um, he jingles some bells to wake up Stevie. So Stevie will have a little Santa spotting. And so Stevie's spying on grandpa putting as dressed as Santa, putting presents under the tree. But then there's noises on the roof and Santa looks very concerned, AKA grandpa. And Stevie's just like, oh, it's reindeer. It's reindeer. But grandpa's like, the fuck is on the roof and sees like some like dusty stuff, you know, falling down the, down the chimney. So he goes to kind of look in the fireplace and be like, what is, why is, why is the fireplace having like shit falling out of it? This is a bad sign. And he's looking and all of a sudden something yanks him up the chimney. And then all of a sudden you see a bloody boot fall down. Do, do, do. And at least for a while, the kid really thinks Santa went up the chimney. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, until like, yeah, well, he's watching from his perspective. It just yeah. looks like Santa was leaving like normal. Yeah. So it was a funny though. It was, it was well thought out as far as the perspectives on that. It was pretty funny. Yeah. So then we cut to uh, Michigan. Is it Ysilanti? Ysilanti? I, I just have in Michigan. Well, so, <laughs> the name of the city is Y-P-S-I-L-A-N-T-I. So whatever that is. <laughs> I don't know. All right. So we see yeah, like should have changed the tree with another name. <laughs> so we cut to there's a young girl looking out of a window and it pans out and there's a woman who's obviously her mother talking to Dean, which so you know something bad's happened, obviously. <laughs> Because it's not a flirting conversation. Dean's pretending to be like law enforcement. So she's describing that her husband was decorating the tree alone and her she heard noises and then he was just gone. And now she's talking to the FBI. And so um, while she's talking to Dean, Sam's comes out of the house and is like, oh, we'll be in touch. And then she's like, what? Well, just my question for you guys, if y'all, y'all are FBI agents, when the law enforcement thinks they might, he might've been, my husband might've been kidnapped. Why has nobody called us? Like, why isn't there a ransom? It's been days. Like, what the fuck? And they're just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, We're and sorry. They're and they're leaving. We're sorry, but you've got really great reindeer. Those reindeer in her yard work stellar. I like them. Yeah. There's excellent Christmas decorations in this whole fucking thing. It was, I was, I was having Christmas decor envy. Um, and then Sam tells Dean as they're leaving that he found a tooth in the fireplace. And of course he took it. He wants the tooth, only the tooth. So, uh, so we cut to the boys doing research. Uh, and of course, what are they researching, Liz? All the Krampus, all the Krampus, all the evil Santas. Yeah. Yeah. There is a good Mary Poppins joke in here too. Yeah. But, that Dean does not get, but Sam makes about chimney sweeps. What was it? Uh, homicidal chimney sweeps. But anyway. Yeah, and that Dick Van Dyke is the one who's killing everybody. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so if, Dean finds out that the husband is the second man to go missing. Yes. And then he asks Sam for what his crazy idea is. Mm-hmm. Evil Santa. AKA and he starts talking anti- about anti claws. Which, which I will say. Did you I don't check know. to see if that's a if that's a metal band? I have not looked it up. I, I guarantee you, one of these is a metal band. I did not. Okay, well, also, it. I had never heard anti claws before. And, yeah, it's used kind of because it's a diet. 
So it's a duality, right? Right. So in most of these things, in most of the ones we're going to talk about, uh, this isn't lore. This is just me giving you fun facts about evil Santas because they're right. Uh, Um, Yeah. Uh, but really it was that you had saint nicholas and then you had his his dual the other side right so you had the good right. and the evil uh but it's not always the case so the ones that he's bringing up he starts off with bell's nickel so bell's nickel is also known as pelt snickle and bell snickle i like bell snickle i like the good old snickle and bell snickle that's awesome. So he, and this is just straight from Wikipedia. Uh, so he is a crotchety fur clad Christmas gift bringer in the folklore of the, some region of Southwest Germany. And he's also prevalent in Pennsylvania Dutch communities. So he's in the States and also Brazilian German communities from all those fun Nazis who fled to, to fled to Brazil and brought their, their Belschnickel with them. Good for them. Um, so he visits um, alongside he visits alone. He doesn't go with Santa. Difference difference between the other ones. And mm-hmm. he combines both the threatening and the benign aspects, while the other ones are divided between St. Nicholas and his companion. Uh, he is a man who wears furs and sometimes a mask with a long tongue. He is typically very ragged and disheveled. He wears torn, tattered, and dirty clothes, and he carries a switch in his hand with which to beat naughty children. But he also has pockets of uh, pockets of cakes, can- candies, and nuts for the good ones. But if he's dirty, do you want those out of his nasty pockets? I mean, it's cake. <laughs> I'm just... Is it, is it packaged? <laughs> you, can, you can you can like eat a rat like you would cut off the outside and get to the middle part of the cake and that would still be fine. <laughs> I'm just you know, imagining I mean, like some like some like gnarly pocket lint from this disheveled fucking Santa with like like embedded in a cake. So gross. Or like what sticks so like, like, like little fuzz. hairs like a little, yeah so like with like fuzz sticks, like, pocket, a candy cane, like like a fucking fuzzy candy cane from being in this guy's pocket. <laughs> It's just like my piece of fruit. This is where fruitcake came from. This is why, oh, like, this is how he's evil. Yeah, he just like had like cake in there and candies just got embedded in it. And he was like, yeah. enjoy my fruitcake. Holy shit. I wonder if that's where it came from. Oh, that would be awful. All right. So that's Belschnickel or Belsnigs or whatever you want to call them. All right. So Krampus. Yeah. Uh, so Which is one that most the- people have heard of. Yeah. There's a moment because people know of um, who's gained a lot of popularity these days. You can yeah. buy 8,000 Krampus figures on oh, yeah. uh, Kill Star or Sourpuss or wherever you, and, uh, and I'm sure on Amazon and Etsy as well. But okay, so Krampus, and if I was at my house, I could show you my uh, the, the Krampus that I crafted a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. It was dad badass. I really like that one. Okay. So he is a hairy half goat, half demon. He has one hoof and one foot. His hair is usually brown or black. His hooves are cloven. And he has a long paint, uh, long pointed tongue, which will roll, roll out of his uh, fanged mouth. Yeah. Uh, he carries chains. And the reason for that, they think, is to symbolize the binding of the devil by the Christian church. Who knew? But he thrashes the chains for dramatic effect. Because, yeah, I mean, if I had chains, like, I'd be like. I would, too. I would. Why would you not be shaking them? Um, and sometimes they have bells on. So maybe he's just like an asshole, like walking through, like you're trying to sleep. Yeah, just going to shake all these things. Jing- jingling chains and wearing bells. Fucking dick. Yeah. 
<laughs> right? Like he's an asshole. So of more pagan origins are the rooting bundles of birch branches that he carries with him and that he uses as a swap the naughty children with. Um, sometimes he appears with a sack or a basket strapped to his back and that's to carry off the evil children for drowning, eating, or transport to hell. There is a very good meme running around this season of Krampus with some like, some. it's actually not children. They look like adults in, in a sack. And the one of them like is so happy and he's just like, Steve will never be, you know, Steve will never be nice again because he's really enjoying like being in the sack. Um, so oh. the Feast of St. Nicholas is celebrated on December 6th and preceding that, so we just missed this on Sunday, um, is Krampus Night or Krampus oh. Nacht. And so that's when he comes in the streets and he, you know, swaps you or, or carries off the naughty children. So there's lots of celebrations around the world for that, uh, particularly mostly in Europe, though. Okay, and the last one that he talked about was, holy shit, I did not know about this one. Okay, so Black Pete, which just by saying that name, you're like, huh, huh. Yeah. maybe maybe something's going wrong here. Um, so Black Pete is um, also known as Schwarte Piet, and um, some anti-racism activists are saying, we should probably start celebrating this. Okay, so um, as the story goes, is in uh, in in Holland, uh, it's Center Klaus, not uh, Nicholas, but mm -hmm. Center Klaus. Uh, he uh, the, he gets naughty children, and Schwartha Piet is a dark skinned figure who follows Center Klaus around on his trips. He helps him wrap up presents and get things done, but he also punishes children who have misbehaved. So like Santa is like too good to like beat children. So he just makes his, his friend Pete do it, which is kind of shitty. All yeah. right. Um, he's also said to, if he counters naughty children, if he has an empty bag of toys, he'll kidnap them and take them away too. I don't know the word. <laughs> so the reason um, why people are saying, hey, maybe we should stop celebrating this is that many Dutch people dress up as Black Pete, which means they um, celebrate the holiday by donning a curly wig, gold earrings, big red lips, and black faced. It is, it looks real bad. It, it's, it's not a good look, Holland. I'm just saying, like, you should probably oh. stop. Oh. I get it. I get. I get your culture, but um, it's it's not okay. You should you should just wow. stop doing this and go. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, those are the three they talk about. We'll get to some more later, but obviously, Krampus is my favorite. But all right. So, right. Santa's shady's brother who's punishing the wicked. Yes. And uh, Dean's comment is Santa can't have a brother because there is no Santa, basically. <laughs> uh, and Sam's like, yeah, you told me. And Sam's kind of bummed about this. Um, so I think we're going to get we're, we're going to lead in shortly to some Christmas background. But they figured out that both of these victims from this from Mich in Michigan had visited the same place before they um, before they were vanished. So they brothers go to the most depressing Santa's village. <laughs> I want to get drunk in this village so bad. Like that's all I, I my day, my Christmas would be complete. It's oh. so awful and amazing. Elf school, like just looks like a place where like they have indentured servitude. Everybody looks ripped. Like, I mean, yeah, all, like, the, all the staff looks fucking miserable and or high as fuck. Yeah. So, um, while they're walking into this though, Dean's like, maybe we should do a Christmas. Uh, you know, we get the tree and get Boston market. Oh, <laughs> Boston market. And, um, and you're piecing together that Dean has much fonder memories than Sam. And, um, 
because Sam's like, uh, those weren't exactly happy memories of Christmas. And so Dean calls Sam a Grinch. <laughs> and then uh, and then we cut because you can see the zoom in on Sam as Sam's about to have a memory. Mm-hmm. So now we're in Broken Bow, Nebraska on Christmas Eve, 1991. Uh, Sam the brothers- is, yeah. So Sam is eight and Dean is 12. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And so the brothers are in a motel room. Um, Sam's wrapping something for dad. Dean's like, where'd you get the money for that? Did you steal it? And he's like, no, from Uncle Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Anyways. Um, and they're just really concerned that dad's going to be back because it's christmas eve and dean's just like yeah of course he is but sam's a little concerned and sam's just asking a lot of questions in general about what dad does and blah blah blah, and tries to ask about mom and dean gets pissed and leaves sam alone yep yep so we're kind of seeing this interesting dynamic of this is kind of like you know so christmas uh, two boys alone in a motel room yeah it's not good Good parent, John. Good parenting. Always. So So we cut back to Santa's village and Sam's like, hey, according to the lore, the anti-clause will limp and smell like sweets. So Dean's like, oh, pimp Santa. Um, And now I really want pimp Santa to be a thing. And I know it is a thing and I've seen it other places, but yeah, now I just, yeah. yeah. So now, and it's, and apparently the sweet smell is to draw the children in, which is creepy. So they're watching kids sit on this creepy ass Santa's lap. Creepy. And one of the elves offers to escort their kid. And oh, wait, 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 wait. No. So also oh. the creepy ass Santa, like he says to the little boy, Santa has a special gift for you. And I was like, whoa, like run away, child. Like any, if you're sitting on a man's lap and he says that to you, you run and you tell an adult. You go find them and you tell an adult, like, no, Santa's bad Santa. Bad Santa. Oh, well, Dean makes a joke about Sam wanting to sit on Santa's lap to the elf. And she kind of cringes. She's like, uh, no kids ever 12. And Sam's fucking unaware ass says to her, we only came here to watch. Yep. He's digging his, ho- he's digging his grave. That's what he likes to do. Right. So such a dummy. And the elf says, ooh, and walks away. It's pretty funny. Dean's very yep. amused. Uh, and so the creepy Santa gets up and walking away from his little I won't call it a throne, his perch, because that was a shitty Santa Crone throne. His chair. Uh, it's just his chair. His chair. It's just a chair. Or and his stool. A, and he has a limp and he walks past them and he smells like sweets. So they're like, well, fuck. But they also said it could be uh, ripple. Ripple. So, so it could be booze. Yeah. Anyways, so they're staking. They got to stake out the Santa now. An- another another covert stakeout is about yeah. to happen. Which, like, they're in baby facing the trailer that the Santa lives in on the Santa's village property. And they're like 20 feet away from his trailer. Yeah, and like, and, just sitting and there. there's nobody else there. Like there's yeah, no other cars. There. They're just like, yeah. But the also Santa's not, not into Santa's, things. Santa ain't going to notice. <laughs> they're sitting there and Dean asks why Sam hates Christmas. And he's like, uh, and Sam's just like, I don't, didn't want to get into it. But um, so we when one of the really funny he calls creepy santa gets up and closes his curtains and dean calls him saint nicotine and i thought that was a very funny clever line but they hear a scream noise from inside the trailer and they're like oh shit so now they got to go investigate and they go and uh, the scream was someone going oh my god there was a woman screaming oh my god it was it was was a woman screaming oh my god so sam's amused that dean might have to blow away santa 
and they break into the trailer like because they yeah they know he's a lot they know santa's awake they just kick the fucking door in like what the fuck and santa's there all right watching porn with a fucking four foot bong and a half a <laughs> bottle of whiskey yeah, this is rip, ripping straight off a giant bog, and I'm like, yeah. this is the and also watching Santa porn, and I'm just like, the that, yeah, it's Christmas think, porn, absolutely, yeah. yes. I think that's that's the best touch. Is like, is like, oh no, he's not only watching porn, he's watching Santa porn, Santa porn, yeah. Oh, so good. Oh my so god. Good. So they're like, oh, so Dean starts very poorly singing Silent Night, very poorly. It, and John and, Santa thinks it's awesome. Yeah, he thinks it's amazing. Sam jumps in, and so they're basically pretending to be carolers. Drunk Santa doesn't even think of it, and they leave. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, now we're going to cut to another house that's full of the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's sounds on the roof, so a kid comes down and investigates. And there's a... The kid, they don't really show it to the viewer, but the kid sees a Santa-like feature figure and says, Santa, you're early and uh yeah he walks past the kid goes through the entire house and this is like you can see like the like the edges of the of the santa suit and it's like the parts that would be floofy and white are drenched in fucking blood so yeah you the kid goes through the house to a bedroom up the stairs and you hear like this scream like a thunk and a slash noise and then all of a sudden this like what we can see of this santa this bloody santa figure is dragging a person <laughs> in a giant sack down the stairs well, we, we assume it's a person it's just as a giant there's a giant sack that's not full of toys and it's screaming yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. but it's just like there's, his head's just bouncing down the stairs as he's going la, la, la. but you know i mean santa's not done yet because there's some plate full of cookies and like a santa after my own heart he's like well shit like i'm not gonna let these cookies go so while the kid is staring at him santa just pops a cookie in his mouth also this reminded me that santa con is next week here and i was very disappointed that i missed it and we were discussing like when like because you know it's scary right but i also kind of like there has like this magical hour like i think between like 11 p.m at midnight like just where all the santas are really drunk and not all rapey and like trying to like commit felonies but like for like 11 to midnight for like an hour would probably be just the best santa watching ever but yeah. then you have to leave so anyhow okay so uh santa's taking his dinner home yeah so, he, 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 he did a pickup off a of doordash so yeah so we cut back so it's the next day at this house and um sam and dean are there talking to the woman and it's like so santa took dad up the chimney She's like, look, I didn't see the attacker. I saw my husband get dragged from the bed. I got knocked out by the attacker and that's it. And then we just want to know where he is. And Sam observes that there is a very specific wreath over the fireplace and asks where she got it. And because he remembers that the Walsh's, which was the other house that they've been investigating, had the same wreath. Boom, boom, boom. So back to the motel for research and uh, Sam's talking to Bobby who tells them apparently that they're morons because it's not the anti-clause. Yep. He's got a few clues and one of them is the meadow suite. And Sam says that this is probably the most powerful plant in pagan lore. And it was used for human sacrifice. It was kind of like a chum for their gods. Gods mm-hmm. were drawn to it and they'd stop by and snack on whatever was the nearest human. Uh, didn't do a ton of digging into it, but off of uh, some witchy herb site, we'll link it, whatever I'll link it. Um, so meadow suite is used in magic and witchcraft for love spells and divination. 
Revolution. The scent is uplifting and brings peace and happiness. It is related to Venus and the heart chakra and is a gentle heart opener and is useful for removing psychological barriers. It may even be helpful in sexual trauma work. Uh, but also like really this use like aspirin like that's that I know like today like you can still use it as a, like an, um, a headache relieving uh, type of herb uh, it's pretty like, and you like can, a blood thinner uh, I mean I guess so I guess so okay. I don't know what makes things work well, I just know you like a blood thinner and ibuprofens are like anti-inflammatories I was just curious that's okay no, I don't know it just helps the headache questions oh, all right good to know Interesting. So, but it's not necessarily fucking God bait. No, it's not necessarily. I didn't see anywhere that said it was chum, but you know, I didn't go digging that far into it, but you can buy some on eBay or I'd say they sell it there. And it's not that expensive. Um, and you can uh, your own. Sam and made it sound like it was very expensive. He was very it is, It's about it. really not. No, it was like, you can get a bag of it for like a dollar. Like it's like really not an expensive herb. Um, yeah. And, yep. So, uh, whatever, blow things okay. out of proportion, Sam. Um, so Sam. God, it Sam. never does that. Yeah. So then like, as he's explaining this, Sam fills Dean in on the scary truth that, oh my God, all these Christmas are Christmas are based on t- pagan traditions. Yeah, which oh, I was, shit. As, as someone that it's as someone who personally has some, uh, uh, love of holidays, deep love of holidays and is consider myself a non-practicing religious person i fucking know that this is all like pagan symbolism like come on they now. tell you this shit in elementary school like it's not you know this it's is not, not rocket scientist dean i guess maybe you didn't go to the school where they did that but um so what they bring up though is that it's hold uh hold nikar god of the winter solstice um yeah. and that when you sacrifice it to him you're gonna get mild weather like they're having now so uh right because it's not <laughs> snowing and it's not snowing in michigan in fucking december which is a big deal right. Right. So as I have, I have coworkers who are there, it's very much snowing in Michigan right now. Mm. Um, so I couldn't like most of the things I found were references to this episode, uh, which thanks for, you know, all your, your great research people, but sometimes you fuck up my algorithm. Um, so anyways, uh, but this, I wanted to quote from this one because I love where this comes from. Okay. This comes from the psychedelic secrets of Santa Claus by Dana Larson in cannabis culture magazine. <laughs> All right, then. All right. So most religious historians agree that St. Nicholas did not actually exist as a real person and was instead a Christianized version of earlier pagan gods. His legends are mainly created out of stories about the Teutonic god called Hold Nikar, known as Poseidon to the Greeks. The, this powerful sea god was known to gallop through the sky during the winter solstice, granting boons to his worshipers below. When the Catholic Church created the character of St. Nicholas, they took his name from Nick Carr and gave him Poseidon's title of the sailor. Uh, There are thousands of churches named in St. Nicholas's honor, most of which are converted from temples to Poseidon and hold Nick Bullshit. Sorry. Uh, that that's complete. That is just fucking not true. I don't like know how much you're smoking cannabis. Like, look, I love this idea that yes, all these churches used to be temples to Poseidon. But no, no, he was probably with Santa ripping off that bong. And they're just like, man, you know what? Like this church used to be a temple to Poseidon. And they're like, yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so Holznickers also became associated with Satan, a.k.a. Old Saint Nick. So, all right, so that's that's Holznickar. So who we will meet maybe sort of later. So now we're going to go on to them doing some things that are kind of great. 
And Meredith Gassi, you know, the other one of our favorite questions about the show. Is this homophobic? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, mm, I don't. Interesting take. But so they go to the craft store, which I'm sure Liz was really excited when she saw them go to the yes. craft store at first. Uh, which is obviously set up for Christmas decor because it's a craft store in fucking December. That's what they do. And um, they're uh, definitely giving off the vibe that they may be a couple. <laughs> definitely teasing that vibe to the guy working at the store. So basically they described this wreath that they had seen at the Walsh's and he's like, oh, I'm all, he tries at first. He's like, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. how does Sam describe it? He said it was yummy. He did say it was yummy. So the man said that he is all out of them after he kind of played like he didn't know at first. And um, it's pointed out that they are made from Meadowsweet. And apparently a local lady made them and just gave them to the store owner to, to do whatever he wanted with for the holidays. And of course, he sold the wreaths that he got for free. Like you do. Because it's Christmas and people pay a buttload for this crap. I like yes. him. Yeah. I want to go to his craft store. I would shop there all the time. And we would just talk shit about people. That's what we do. Yeah. All right. So, so we're going to go back to the motel. Yeah. And um, apparently, like they're, he, like, they're guessing that these wreaths full of Meadowsweet had to cost at least a couple hundred dollars to make. And so the person, whoever's making them, is suspicious, which does not jive with your research, Liz, but that's okay. Um, so Dean's reminiscing about dad stealing a wreath from a liquor store. And Sam's a like, beer wreath, a beer wreath, a beer, it was a beer wreath, it was beer can wreath. Yes. Um, and Sam's just like really, really trying to figure out why Dean wants to do Christmas. And so, um, Dean asks him, he's like, were your childhood memories that traumatic? And really, and he's like, this is his, this is my last year. And Sam's finally kind of comes around to you. That's why I can't, I can't pretend everything's okay. When I know next Christmas, you'll be dead. I drew a sad face. It was very sad. And I think, you know, I think that makes, I mean, it makes a lot of sense for both of them, right? Yes. And we're getting some good feelings out of them. We are getting some good feelings out of them. So we get another memory scene from our good old Sam about the same Christmas that we were visiting before. And so Dean had run out and left Sam by himself. And he comes back to the motel and has a bag of like fast food or snacks for them. And um, Sam, Sam busts out with, I know why you have a gun under your pillow. And I'm like, oh, this is questionable. Why does this child have a gun under his pillow? But anyways, um, and Sam's like, and I know why I know why we lay salt down. And Dean's like, no, you don't. Sam pulls out dad's journal. So Sam, Sam's been doing his own research again. So he does. <laughs> it he started learned. early, you know. Dead. And so he asks if asks Dean if monsters are real. And so Dean basically make, makes Sam promise not to tell dad that he knows this, but that calls dad a superhero. He fights monsters and almost everything is real except for Santa. And, and Sam's just worried about monsters getting him or dad because they got mom. And Dean just insists, no, they're fine. Sam's just crying, but Dean just insists dad will be there for Christmas. So that's it. Yeah, but no, I, mean, I think it, this is a really good insight. It's sad. Uh, Sam crying himself to sleep is awful. Yeah. These two young actors are fucking fabulous, though. Yep. I think, like, even up to this point, like, it just they're just doing a really great job. They're believable as Sam and Dean. Yep. Like, Mm -hmm. They both have, like, they're so, they're so good. Uh, personality, personality, like, attributes are there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, so, sure. yeah. So now we're going to, we're going to pivot to the house that Christmas vomited on. Uh, it's fucking amazing. 
I want this exterior decor anyways. And uh, so this is the Kerrigan house and it is very well decorated. So um, <laughs> Dean says to Sam though, can't you just feel the evil pagan vibe? <clears throat> Which is actually, I'm pretty sure what people says when they say when they walk to my house. <laughs> Only they're not being sarcastic. Uh, yeah, they're, no, they're really like shit. So... They're gonna give up pagan vibes. <laughs> yeah. So they get to the door, and I, the only thing way I could think of to describe, and maybe I just didn't have the words. I, I just was like a like a June Cleaver type vibe, but I don't even know if that's accurate. It's but it was very like nineteen fifties, yeah, housewife vibes. She's just adorable. Like, I mean, she is totally adorable, totally sweet, totally hospitable. Answers the door. Um, they tell her they were admiring the wreaths that she made, and asked, and she just she likes to use the word fine, like, but not like, oh, that's fine, but something is fine is in high quality or very nice. And there's this about both of these, her and her husband who walks up at the end of this, which is really weird. She just describes how nice meadow meadow sweet smells. It's just a, just a fine fine it's fine that's fine and then her husband comes to the door then Madge we never learned the name of her husband he just goes by Mr. Kerrigan mm -hmm. but you know he also looks like he looks like Ward Cleaver so we've got Ward and he's June got, and he's got he's got a pipe he's got a pipe and he's also fucking adorable and clearly they are evil like you just can't look at this couple like yeah, who would like who would do anything with this couple I'm like nope nope fucking evil they they are not good no and he, and he offers peanut brittle and he says fine a lot too it's a fine wreath. Like, fine, fine. It's very weird. Anyways, it was just a weird like writing choice. And I'm not saying it was a bad writing choice. It was a good, probably a good writing choice. I just thought it was very distinct. Yeah. To yeah. me, it stood out. So anyways, uh, we cut back to the brothers and Dean is frantically making steaks, apparently out of evergreen, because that's what you have to make them out of to kill these guys. And uh, Sam pieces together that the Kerrigans lived in Seattle last year where the two abductions happened there. And that uh, all the Holly like stuff around their uh, their house was not actually Holly. It was Vervain and Mint. Which he calls serious pagan stuff. Serious pagan Like stuff. my mojito is so fucking pagan. Like, let me tell you all the demons I summon every time I mix that rum with some muddle and some mint. Oh mm, so, so, so pagan. -y. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that pagan -y tang. <laughs> that extra <gasps> tang is paganism. <laughs> oh so anyways we cut back to the brothers at the kerrigan house and this is always like bizarre to me it's kind of like when they kicked in the door at the fucking santa trailer even like they don't give a fuck like oh they might be home they might not let's just pick this lock and walk around in their house fuck it yeah like I can say, We're just gonna this is how you get shot in texas in case you were wondering yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, just, don't do that just, just don't do that don't <laughs> don't do that don't don't come wandering in my house please yeah no oh my god that's not a that's not a check who's there that's a boom oh that's who's there after i've <laughs> afterwards yeah yeah, yeah. So, so weird choice anyways okay yeah, so, so we walk in and we see there are plastic covering the couch so clearly obviously evil people if they have plastic covers on their show so definitely <laughs> And it's like a very well-decorated house. And there's like some food sitting out on the table. And I'm like, mm, I bake a lot, but you still cover your shit before you go to bed, bitch. Anyways, um, it's annoying. I was like, why are these like pies sitting on the table still? Ugh. 
So Sam finds the basement door because obviously they have to go to the basement because obviously that's where some fucked up shit is because always because that's the ba- that's what basements are for. Yeah. And there's blood smears and bloody bones laying all over the place and a bloody Santa boots and a bloody sack and a bloody saw. And then there's something in the sack and a Sam. Don't look over. at the sack, Sam. Don't look at the sack, Sam. Uh, Why are you looking at the sack, Sam? Like, uh, and as soon as he touches it, it moves. And I fucking jumped off the sofa <laughs> in case anybody was wondering. And then all of a sudden, uh, Madge is there and grabs him by the goddamn throat and picks yeah. him up. And she, and she real strong. She, she's strong. Oh, that's what I was saying. You know, she is a god. So maybe she doesn't yeah. need to cover up her sweets and her baked goods. Maybe she just maybe. goes like, la, la, la. And then they're like, they're just protected. <sighs> Lucky bitch. Um, yeah. So, and as she's holding Sam up by his throat, the husband knocks out Dean and uh, Sam's flashlight kind of like uh, glanced across both of their faces and they look like total ghoulish when the light hits them. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. So they go for me like, so it, was, it was a really good contrast. Like they're like perfectly, perfectly quiffed look. Very polished. Quaffed, quaffed, quaffed. quaffed. Not, not quiffed, not quiffed. I didn't say quiff. Quaffed. You did, you said quiffed. <sighs> quaffed. They were psychobillies. That's what they were. They had their quiffs. They were perfectly, but they were very like polished. And then like, you see like this flashlight go across their faces and it's like their eyes are just black pits and their faces all like crinkly. It's crazy. And so she knocks Sam out. That's what happens. And they wake up tied to chairs in the, like the kitchen area. Um, I started just calling them Mr. And Mrs. Because my notes were getting out of hand. That was just easier. And I think I've got Mr. and Mrs. God it says in one spot, which is really weird. I just realized that. Uh, so anyways, basically they know they're hunters. Like, so the Mr. and Mrs. know that the brothers are hunters and that they're there to kill them. And she's like, uh, we used to take like a hundred tributes a year. And now we only take like two or three. And the husband's like, pipes in. he's like, well, the Hardy boys here will make five. So not helping, not helping husband. Uh, not helping, but I mean, that seems... I appreciate this justification. I'm like, yeah, you know, I used to have like, I killed hundreds of people. Now I only killed like three. Like, yeah. that, it's a big, that's not bad. Big, that's cutting she's back. cutting back. You know, she can't go cold turkey. Like, you know, there's no like, you know, oh. God sacrifice nicotine patch. Yeah. So they've got to follow their rituals though. They can't just, they can't just eat them up. They've got to go through their rituals. And apparently she lied about being out of Meadowsweet because Sam tries to make like, well, you're out of medicine. You can't do that stuff. And she's like, nope, got some right here. She was like, so she lied to them about being out. Um, and she puts that on her neck. And then, oh no, those are really pretty necklaces, by the way. I would wear that necklace. Like it was pretty cool. <laughs> Little like neck, like U shape thing. Yeah. And um, anyway, so now they've got to like do like a bloodletting. And so um, the husband cuts Sam to put blood in a bowl. And unsanitary. Uh, yeah, very unsanitary. Dean calls him a son of a bitch, and uh, he comments how they used to be worshipped, and that that Jesus character is the hot new thing in town. That's not as funny. Anyways, so and she t- she goes on a rant about how basically they've been doing this for two millennia. They assimilated. They got freaking mortgages. They play bridge and blah blah blah. blah. So they're trying to once again justify what they do and like, hey, this is just this is our cover leave us the fuck alone, but obviously we can't let you go because you're hunters and you'll come back for us. So we have to kill Mm -hmm. you. And um, anyway, so she goes to do the bloodletting on Dean's arm and Dean calls her a bitch. 
And she tells him that he needs to go to the swear jar and suggests that he say fudge whenever, like she does, whenever she feels like cursing, which is also a fun reference, probably to Christmas story. Just saying. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Anyways, there you go. Um, So the man is now walking up to Sam with some real weird pliers. And I'm like, oh, no, no. I'm not happy. Nope, I don't know. Nope, what, I don't nope, know. Nope. I don't know what body part is going to be touched with these pliers, but I know that it's going to upset me, and it does. Yep, a lot. It's not good. Now they rip and, out uh, Sam's. And nail. Well, and as he's getting ready to rip out Sam's fingernail, which he does, and makes me want to vomit. As someone, I also wear acrylic nails. So anybody, if you listen and you wear acrylic nails, if you've ever broken one, it's like literally vomit-inducing. Like it fucking hurts. Like it feels like your fingers being ripped off, and. I, I cannot fathom the pulling out of a fingernail like that. Like, yeah, move on, move on, move on, yeah. move on. But Dean says, Dean said, but it's funny during this, she goes, the wife, the wife goes to um, do the bloodletting on, say, on Dean, and Dean follows her advice and says, if you fudging touch me again, I'll fudging kill you. Yeah. There you go. So now they're making extra unsanitary and mixing their blood together along with the fingernail and some other stuff in there. It's fucking gross, some herbs in there. But they forgot they needed to get a tooth. So they got the tooth, the tooth, and nothing but the tooth. (laughs) So so they go to get the, they get the pliers and go over to Dean to get one of his fucking teeth. And he tells tells, um, Sam Merry Christmas. Um, And then um, suddenly there's a doorbell. Because Dean would not have looked good missing one of his teeth. (laughs) Probably not, no. So he's got the flyers stuck in his mouth. Uh, Matt Hatch goes to the door and someone's at the door with a fruitcake. So clearly also evil. Fucking fruitcake. Yeah. And this lady wants to go caroling and play bridge and blah, 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 and gives him a fruitcake and they finally get rid of her. Um, they go back to the dining area and bum, 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 the brothers are gone. They escaped from the chairs. And they uh, managed- also, but when they're walking to the dining room, they just smash the fruitcake. Like, oh yeah, they did. totally just walked across it. Like they didn't care. Yeah, that was great. Well, because um, that's what you and you should do with every fruitcake. It's just like someone gets it, you sit it, set it on the floor, and then you walk on it, or just immediately throw it in the garbage disposal. Like it's no, don't bother. Okay, no fruitcake. Um, so no, that's an abomination. Like it's oh god. Okay. Uh, All right, so, so the, we, brother, um, the brothers utilize the architecture of the interior layout of these older homes to their benefit uh, by because all these older homes like this house is has a lot of small rooms with a lot of doors with like a kitchen that has like two doors to get into the kitchen instead of being if this is not an open floor plan motherfuckers. So they are able to close these gods into the kitchen briefly. And since their stakes are not accessible to them anymore, they cut from evergreen because they're in the basement down which is access through the kitchen they decide they need to take down the motherfucking christmas tree it's good improvisation man they just like, knock it down and start making new sticks yes yep. and then we get a fuck and then they the gods break through the door and we get yep. a massive drag out fight and madge is very upset you little thing i love that tree yes she's not happy and her and um sam get into it and he fucking stakes her and while mr god is distracted dean stakes him and then they die together and it's kind of sad they've been together for hundreds of years now thousands 
thousands, you know? So, I mean, that's, that's a long time to put up with somebody. That's true love, man. Like, here's to imagine, and Mr. Kerrigan, whoever the fuck your first name was, they say you it, one. according to the internet, his name is Edward, but you're right. They don't ever say it on the show. No, in the transcript, I looked in the transcript. Really? It's just Mr. Kerrigan. Weird. IMDb said something different. Oh, oh dare you, IMDb, you lying sack of shit. You're just making things I'm up. Lying. I don't know. Making sure things up for stuff. sure, probably, yeah. So we cut back to the memory um, of um, uh, of this this Christmas in 1991 with the brothers, and it's snowing, um, and um, Dean wakes Sam up and says, hey, dad was here, look what he left, and there's presents. So Sam's though, Sam's kind of like, what the fuck, why didn't dad wake me? Well, he didn't say what the fuck, because he's a child at this point, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's like, why didn't dad wake me what up? What the fudge? Right, there you go. Why didn't dad wake me up? And he's like, oh, he tried, he totally tried. So Dean tells Sam just to go dig into the presents, and it's a Barbie. So you know that they said, Dean makes some crack about how dad probably thinks you're a girl. Sapphire Barbie. Sapphire Barbie. And then um, the other presents, like the sparkly baton. Which and- I had. Yeah, I think I have one like that too. With the with yeah. the um with the, with the, the sparkles on the end. Yeah, was, streamers, yeah, yeah, there were sparkles in the inside that were just yep. like like not sparkly. It was just like, well, I think I had one that had like uh like the, oh, the liquid type and glitter. Effect. Yeah, the liquid yeah. and glitter in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd be like, look at me, I'm a baton girl. And then I would twirl it between my two fingers and I'd be like, that's all I can do. But then I would like try and do other things with it. Yeah. But but I, yeah, uh I was very excited about baton twirling. Yeah. So obviously Sam knows that dad wasn't there. He asked where Dean got the presents and Dean admits it was like from the house at the block, but didn't realize they were chick presents. So this is a weirdly like sad, but sweet scene in a lot of ways. Cause it's kind of like, that's fucked up. You stole some kids Christmas and your fucking dad no showed on Christmas, but Dean tried to do something sweet for his brother. Yep. So there's that. And then Sam gives Dean the present he meant for John mm-hmm. and it was an amulet. And this mm-hmm. is the story of how Dean got his amulet. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the amulet that he wears till the end of season 15. Wow. <laughs> Maybe spoiler. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that that's, I mean, it was really interesting tie into just the character itself. And then also just kind of more of that dynamics of, what Christmas was like for both of them. And they are both really trying hard for each other. Right. Right. So yes, that's going to lead us to the present day or present then day, then day. Uh, mm. So we're going to go back to the motel and have yourself a merry little Christmas is playing it is. as Dean walks in. And Sam has decorated the motel room all Christmassy and has eggnog and apparently the eggnog's real strong um and uh and was legit strong so i sent you a link and i'll post a link in the show notes as well uh so that was actually spiked eggnog and jared spiked it on uh on jensen as a joke and so then that face he made was because he didn't know they kept it in the shot so he did not know it was on there that's funny um and then they continued to drink eggnog uh for the rest of the scene and were very drunk by the time it was they were done filming that's funny yeah so dean asks sam what made him change his mind about about christmas obviously and um anyways and they decide to just exchange presents um and everything is from like the local gas mart which is pretty funny but so dean gives sam uh two or two skin mags and shaving cream 
And Sam gives Dean a candy bar and motor oil, aka fuel for me and fuel for my baby. Oh, very nice. But Diana, what are some of the other presents that they could have gotten each other? From the gas mart? From maybe not for the gas mart. I mean, they had access to the internet, right? So I think it is time for us to do a little segment we'd like to call Liz's Haunted Home Shopping Number. Christmas, I wanted to think, you know, give you guys like, hey, maybe you still need some ideas for the holidays, right? And I was like, we're going to go through some price ranges, all these things you can find on the lovely world of eBay. So say like you don't have a lot of money, you want a garden bargain gift for somebody. Well, how about Whispers of the Veil? Worldwide Illuminati powers of dominance, wealth, and power. You can get a custom amulet or stone personally created for you. And they say, today, I am so excited to be offered at last. And after eight long years of hard work, dedication, and study, the ancient discipline on which the entire Illuminati was founded. And I present the whispers of the veil, worldwide Illuminati powers. Wow. This offering is for a joint personal spell casting and for the energies from the ritual to also be cast into a physical item. We have many, many different handmade pendants, charms, maybe an amulet like Dean was wearing, um, earth stones, gemstones, and much more. I'm ha- she's happy to speak with you about your preference, or if you wish, I'll just pick a random piece for you from my vast collection. Through this incredible ritual, every inch, every fiber of the powers of the incredible universe will be delivered to you, and the powers used by the Illuminati is given to you. Every drop of ancient knowledge and skills from past lives return to you. You can experience simple it's a lot of promises. This yeah. is a lot of promises. Yep. So not only that, so you can also do astral travel, spiritual uh, advancement and awakening. You can understand and wield the hidden mysteries of wealth, abundance, and personal satisfaction that the members of the Illuminati experience every day. And you can also have every person around you admire you, look up to you, want to be your friend, lover, support. Be the one person they idolize and worship. We ship worldwide, and the current bid is six cents. You need to go up 11 cents to bid. So I think you you can get this with a bargain price of 17 cents, right? So that's if you're a cheapskate, right? So, so maybe you're like, you know what? I got a little more money to spend. Um, and I think that you need to get some, well, this is what I think we can get for you. This, a personal male lover, Adonis, Jen, sex, lust, euphoria, sexual, psychic, gay, magic in a room. So they have a ring and it comes with a highly effective sexual servant spirit, a male Adonis, Jen. You will be the master of him, so do not fret. We are talking about a sexual being so erotic, it is beyond wildest imaginations. Sexual experience is so satisfying, no doubt you'll be addicted instantly. No matter your gender. That is not a good selling point. That is not a good selling point. Yeah, no matter your gender or preference, he is the most satisfactory lover you will ever experience. The gen launches you into a state of euphoria from which you will never want to leave. Think of a greatest pleasure you've ever experienced, multiply it by 10, then imagine having that of a snap of a finger whenever you wish. This special, highly effective binding will not be offered long, so get it while it lasts. They ship worldwide, and you can get this for the bargain price of $2,500 plus $6 shipping. Okay, so 
maybe you're that's a little you're like you know maybe dad doesn't want to have a sex adonis okay you're like i don't know like what else can i get dad like you know dad's a reader right so i think dad likes books so i'm gonna get him this great book of shadows that's magic extreme power demon gin satanic witchcraft spell book and it's there this coven's amazing leather bound book of shadows that's right a personal spell book containing all the spells of our coven no need to study no need to recite the pages are written in magic simply putting your hand to the book and the pages absorb the literal infinite level of knowledge and power hidden inside it broken into five secret grimoires all hidden within this book's pages make it to the unseeing eye all the knowledge you could ever want and all the power you could dream of so diana what does that tell you this book is it's a blank book it is a blank fucking book. And if you want it, because you just have to touch it, if you touch it and like you're going to get all these powers, um, it'll only cost you $5,000 and $6 shipping. So, you know. That's fucking bullshit. Charge you shipping after that. Right? That's, that's the racket. All right. So what if you've got like a mom, right? So, you know, mom is like, maybe she's got some nearsighted things or some other things and you want to donate to charity. So then I would suggest... You're a faces magical eyeglasses and 10% of the sale of this item benefits Heifer Project International. Um, so in Greek mythology, Thea, also called Eurifus, whatever her name is, I can't say, wide shining is one of the 12 titans, the children of the earth goddess, child of Gaia and Uranus. Okay. Um, she is the goddess of sight and by extension, the goddess who endowed gold, silver, and gems with their brilliance and intrinsic value. This pair of glasses is enchanted and endowed with magical powers and has been worn once by Dr. Vey Wolf Hybrid, MBA, PhD, Minister of Religion at the First Omnis Church in Orange County, California. And um, I see these glasses and I'm pretty sure I also saw them for sale at the Dwayne Reed up the street. Um, so this one will not ship. There's It's only for local pickup. Ooh. So you have to be in Westminster, California to buy it. And well, you can get it for the bargain price of $25,000. Hmm. Okay. So we're like, you know what? You know, it's not my mom. I, I, I need to, I've got like a geologist friend, right? I kind of want to get, I want to get him something. So what if I got him a really fancy rock? So how about- yeah, fancy, fancy rocks are cool. Yeah. The true apport. So uh, from Bell Rock, this is from the Ed and Lorraine Warren Buffett. So an apport is something that during like a seance is left there as an object that, you know, a ghost or something drops by. Uh, okay. So in 18, 1989, Ed and Lorraine Warren were called in to investigate the Moffat residence. This rock is an incredible piece of paraphernalia from this case. Um, so the couple, the family that was haunted were terrified, the terrorized for over six years by an unidentifiable entity. Um, entity was bad, blah, 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 blah. And then he had the ability to move objects from place to place. And so this rock is a rare phenomenal article. Uh, it's true class of airport, an object that was not uh, in the recipient recipient's possession prior to manifestation. Um, so um, after the Moffat family made the trek to Sedona, Arizona, seeking aid from paranormal experts in the city, Deborah Moffat found the stone once back at the residence placed upon her luggage. And the entity had left a message scribed in soap on the bathroom mirror that says, a gift for Debbie, a special rock from the top of Bell Rock. 
Unsure of the entity's true motives in bringing any sort of gift, as well as the consequences of rejection, the Moffat family stored the rock away with various other true apports the entity had brought into their residence. This hmm. auction includes the gifted, uh, gifted rock and a copy of the associated documentation photograph that was taken soon after the haunting for perusal of paranormal experts. This can, uh, does not ship worldwide, only to... Um, United States, and uh, you can get that for the bargain price of fifty thousand dollars. So fifty thousand dollars for a rock. I mean, what's what's interesting though, I would argue, is that it's slightly more believable than the uh, twenty-five cent, you know, spells, because I mean, they, at least they valued it. They valued it appropriately at fifty thousand dollars. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like the other bitch thinks yeah. you deserve six to, to pay six dollars in shipping after you buy a five thousand dollar blank book. So I mean, like this one, I'm like, uh, fifty thousand dollars. Okay, if it's supposed to be that special of a goddamn rock, I mean, at least like at least price it so I believe it. If I would yeah. believe that, you know what I mean? Like the your your twenty five your you know whatever your six cent plus an eleven dollar bid whatever your seventeen cents for a spell, I'm less likely to trust. That sounds sketchy. <laughs> Your $50,000 rock, not sketchy. Your 17 cents magic spell, totally sketchy. <laughs> like my logic? But you know what I mean? This is how you end up with expensive shoes, by the way. Okay. So, <laughs> but, you do, um, but you get what I'm saying, though, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And so last, but, but not least. Um, so what if you are Sam? And you're like, I lost this amulet. Or you're like, maybe I'm going to give this amulet to Johnny to get Dean another another amulet. So he's like, I'm going to go find the finest amulet on eBay. And he's like, oh, antique rare. Top amulet of Thailand, of Asia. Buddha statue pendant, 200 years old. This amulet equals, contains many kinds of the sacred good magic, holy masses, and value metals. Main material equals value I don't know what value metals are. It doesn't really, except that they're value metals. Um, hmm. So it is based off, it was made by Son Jietu, the ranking, the ranking from the ranking temple of Thailand. He had been a very famous monk of Thailand about 200 years ago until now. Hmm. I didn't write that sentence. I don't really understand if he was like famous 200 years ago, but now he's not famous. But is he 200 years old? I mean, like, what the fuck are they trying to say? Uh, he was the builder and creator of himself with hands, handmade. And he prayed the good magic spells by himself or own ritual. Can protect you from ghost, daemon, devil, a devil. <laughs> that was just a devil. Oh, devil. Uh, vampire, oh, zombies. Oh, you silly little devil. <laughs> devil. Vampires, zombies, and evil, danger, comma, black magic. Help you to success everything and prosperity and lucky and rich and wealthy. If past ritual to pray the good magic spells by the very famous monk, it's very beautiful and perfect. Reality of life. In today's world, there are many, the evil mystery and the black magic and the danger that we can't see and can't forecast. So if you have enough money to buy the good magic talisman amulet, you should buy it to for protect you. Don't hesitate to buy until you encounter with those things, the evil mystery and black magic and the danger, buy without the protection thing, Mm. the good magic talisman amulet for you. Then you will regret that, dot, dot, dot. At that time, you should buy it. The Good Magic Talisman Amulet. And he does ship worldwide. And you can get this for, you know, what you've got lying around in your house. 
$5,800,000 plus $1,000 shipping. That's just, see, that's fucking petty. Your thousand dollars shipping? That's fucked up, man. It just includes, it makes me angry. <laughs> like if I spend 50 bucks, I get fucking free shipping on some shitty makeup on the internet. Like maybe you need the now. promo code. Like, do I get a promo code? Of- right? Like, what's the fucking promo code for your stupid well, amulet? See, but like once you get if once you five million dollars for you a never- fake, fake magic amulet, then you don't get to my fucking thousand dollar shipping. Well, but maybe like after you get the amulet, then you never have to pay shipping again. Maybe it's like an Amazon Prime thing, and like like you just rub it, and like you get free shipping everywhere you go. Amulet Prime. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Do they hand deliver it for a thousand dollars? Like you can buy a fucking flight. Yeah, I think you also buy. I think you get a country. You may actually get Thailand with this. You get get Thailand. (laughs) It's not really buying the amulet, amulet and you get Thailand. Yes. Uh, but this is actually maybe it's like a small village in Thailand. You get a floating boat in the river. <laughs> oh my god. Right, so that, that is the end of, of Liz's Home Haunted Shopping Network. May you guys find um all the gifts for your, your family and friends for whatever holiday you choose or not choose to celebrate. Yay! All right, so we're gonna go back, and the brothers touchingly are saying "Merry Christmas, bro." Yeah, yep. And so they watch the game. Yeah, they cheers, and Sam looks like he's gonna say something, but then he's just like, he's just like, "Do you just want to watch the game?" And then they smile and they watch the game, and it starts snowing because the gods dead. Yeah, because they killed them. Yep, that's true. And I'd be like, "Can we bring him back?" Like, I really want to shuffle the sidewalk. Like, this seems like a pain (laughs) in the ass pretty much yeah um i did make a couple of notes on our cast from this episode funny enough mr kerrigan who uh was played by spencer garrett was actually been in like a ton of stuff i thought he looked vaguely familiar but he's been in a ton of stuff but a couple of notes that i thought were like interesting specifically were he was uh alan kincaid in once upon a time in hollywood he was ted coldwater in the magicians he was uh, Senator Luthenridge in Thank You for Smoking, which is a movie I adore. Um, and he was um, a White House aide in Air Force One. <laughs> but And then um, Marilyn Gann, who played Madge Kerrigan, uh, she's been in a bunch of things also, but the one that stood out that I thought I would share was in the original miniseries of It. She was... Uh, uh, Mrs. Uh, Winterbarger. So she was in one of the main characters. Or not main, but she was a character. Yeah, a big character. Yeah, feature. And then the first, the grandpa that we see in the first scene that dies. Well, yeah, like the first one we see get taken. He's been in a shit ton of stuff too. And like, there's a lot of like overlap of things. They're all in together and stuff. It's kind of interesting. But he was in a bunch of, several episodes of Outer Limits. He was on a few episodes of X-Files. He was uh, Preston in First Blood, uh, and he was uh, the judge in 3,000 Miles to Graceland. No one like major or tied to a lot of things we're like super into, but enough fun references that I thought I would share. Those are good. Yeah. Yeah. That is it. So this was a very supernatural Christmas. Oh, and it also started off with um, some really great title cards. And hopefully Diana will be able to uh, legally download those and share them with you for your enjoyment. Uh, I mean, not illegally. I mean, uh, with all fair use rights. And of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Of course. Always. So yeah, that's all I got. 
it was a very, it was a fun Christmas episode. I mean, it was sad watching their childhood stuff, but um, overall the episode was really sad or sorry, really fun. <laughs> I liked the episode. It was fun, but those yeah, parts no. were super sad. I think they did. Yeah. I think they did a very good job of having some sad exposition and also some moving of the storyline forward to a little bit too. This is a different take on the, this Dean, you also kind of see this as like after the last one, Dean's getting like acceptance that right. this is probably going to be his last year of Earth. Earth, so it's like, sounds weird. Uh, but so he's moved on to I, is I guess the acceptance stage of grief, right? And trying to experience things instead. Yeah. And, and I think the most important part of this too is that they've had so much contention between them, and it's always been about fighting and butting heads about it all. This was more about them kind of remembering the, how much they depend on each other which is bad in some ways but also really important about how they always look out for each other kind of a thing i thought i thought it was kind of an important reminder for both of them does that make sense yeah for sure but also i just like christmas shit so i was really excited <laughs> hey. i like Krampus, so i was very excited all right Ugh. well now i'm gonna go like lie and rub my tummy and wish i hadn't drank eggnog um <laughs> all right well cheers jerk cheers bitch Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter, Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us, Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share it with all your friends. We're available at all your major podcast listening devices, or you can always find us at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Thanks. Devil's Trap Podcast is a. Intro music, arrangement and performance by Dave Cox. Piano arrangement and performance by Bobby Orozco. Meow.